We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about BlueWire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at BlueWire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. And here we are, New Year's Eve, the last day of the hellish year that has been 2020. Unless you are a Green Bay Packers fan, the year 2020 didn't start on the greatest of notes. We got a win over the Seattle Seahawks, coupled by an embarrassing loss in an NFC Championship game. But since then, the Packers are obviously 12 and three, looking to get to 13 and three, and a first round bye on the line this Sunday against the arch quote-unquote rival, which that's a hot take that gets me in some hot water, Chicago Bears. I'm your host today of the Pack-A-Day podcast on Thursday. I am Jacob Westendorf, and I am joined by two of my favorite co-hosts. Jimmy Christensen is not here tonight. He is on vacation (laughs) with his beautiful wife, Desiree, and they are celebrating. I'm not quite sure what. Uh, We'll just say the baby and that they're having their second child. So kudos to them. Some much-deserved Time off for his wife, I'm sure. And I'm sure Jimmy is just along for the ride. So, Jimmy, we miss you. Uh, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I am joined tonight by, of course, the legendary cat. And that is Mo. So, Mo, if you can hear me, please meow. Meow. 
See, there you go. So awful. <laughs> it was. That's that's all I got. I'm sorry, guys. For this is why you come to this episode, I assume. And of course, the incomparable Maggie Loney in victory flannel, which is really any kind of flannel at this point. But the Packers don't lose very often, so I yeah. guess it's victory flannel. So, Maggie, welcome to the show. And uh, how was your Christmas? I was good. I you know I got what I wanted on Sunday night, and that was everything. On top of that, was just you know gravy, I guess. The uh, matching pajamas with with Mark was I can't I don't know whose idea that was, but obviously I, it was mine. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I you know I thought maybe I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt on that, but uh, it was your idea. It was adorable. Kudos to Mark for being a good husband and playing along with that. But he looked pretty enthusiastic. So he wasn't. He was not. Well, then kudos to Mark for looking like he was enthusiastic. <laughs> so I give him credit for at least looking like he wanted to be wearing those pajamas on Christmas morning. They are. And I give him credit for that. Well, they are. I said that like I've worn them, but I haven't. (laughs) Um, I hope everybody listening to this show had a very happy holiday, uh, whichever one you, you are celebrating. And I hope you guys all have a very happy new year's Eve and into new year's day and that we get 2020 out of the way and some semblance of normalcy in 2021. That is my hope. And uh, I would like to dedicate this show to our friend and compadre, uh, Mark Eckle. And I will leave it at that uh, as respect for him. But Mark, thinking about you, buddy. Uh, Maggie, we are in Bears week. And we cannot start, though, because we got a little New Year's surprise. Uh, we have some <laughs> snacks on their way to Green Bay. Damon Snacks Harrison has been claimed by the Green Bay Packers. And I got to admit, I was skeptical and I will publicly eat crow. I did say that I would be very surprised if this happened. I will give the caveat that I don't know if he went unclaimed, if he would choose to sign with Green Bay just because he had had several opportunities and did not. The Packers decided to take matters into their own hands. They did claim him. And according to Matt Schneidman of The Athletic, he does plan on reporting to Green Bay and he is eligible to play this Sunday. Now, whether or not he does is another point, but let's talk about what Snacks brings to this defensive line and a little boost for what a lot of people consider this team's Achilles heel. And this is a guy for years and years that has been one of the best in the business at stopping the run. And this is a Packers team that is coming off of considering the opponent and everything that they had coming against them and and the really their version of the boogeyman, Derrick Henry, 48 of his 98 yards came after 33 to 14. So as far as I'm concerned, 15 carries for 50 yards while that game mattered. That is an incredible performance by this Packers defense. And now it feels like a team that can only get better on that portion of their defense. So what do you think that Snacks can bring to this team at this point in his career this late in the year? It sounds really silly to say fresh legs, but, you know, we saw kind of the emergence of A.J. Dillon on the offense. And, you know, I think Kingsley Kiki, Tyler Lancaster, there's been plenty of guys that have looked good in the rotation as kind of that run stuffing role for Green Bay. But I think that's kind of what we're going to see from Snacks. And, you know, you said it perfectly. That's what he's done for his entire career, made a Pro Bowl doing it in 2016. So it's just it's a nice fit. And I think the defense is ascending at a really perfect time and adding snacks to that rotation, even if he only plays, you know, 30%, 40% of snaps, kind of like he was doing in Seattle, he gives them fresher opportunities to allow guys like Kenny Clark to do what they do best and get after the quarterback. 
2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, and that's what we've been kind of asking for for a couple years now is can you get some guys on the field to give just Kenny Clark a break maybe on those running downs and make him an even better pass defender at this point in the season, which is where you want him most as good of a run defender Kenny Clark is he's at his best when he's able to disrupt the pocket and that's where he is at his best. That's what I'm the most excited about with all due respect to guys like Brian Price and Anthony Rush and Tyler Lancaster to some degree. Those guys are Jags and there's roles for guys like that on this team. I don't know if Damon Harrison is going to be the guy that he has been, you know, Seattle did release him for a reason. He was a healthy scratch, going into this past game. That's what led to his release and his becoming of available to the Packers. There are some questions about that, but maybe a shot at a ring in a familiar territory where he's been before gives him some reinvigoration and one final chance to prove to everybody, Hey, I can still do this and I can be that final piece of the puzzle to what is and what we hope is a Super Bowl team. And that's where I want to go now. And Maggie, what I want to think of, The Titans game, we've had a few days to kind of let that sink in a little bit. And I'm not going to lie to you. I am very, I think, at least good at keeping an even head. I don't get too high after a win. I don't get too low after a loss. I'm I'm pretty good at keeping a level head at where I think the Packers are. Sunday night, I texted my wife and I said, I need you to calm me down. And she said, what do you mean? It's like, I don't want to get my hopes up. And she again said, what do you mean? She has no idea what I'm talking about because even after all these years, she still seems to forget that my world revolves around first her and Blake, but the Green Bay Packers shortly thereafter. And I said, I think this team is going to win the Super Bowl. And I don't want to get my hopes up because I have a feeling it hurts every year when the Packers lose, right? But last year when they lost to San Francisco, it hurt, but you were kind of like, okay, that made sense. When they lost to Atlanta, it was like, okay, that stings, but it made sense. The last time I was truly hurt by a Packers team that lost was 2014. It's been six years. This team feels like the NFC favorite, and I feel like that becomes even more true if they can win on Sunday against the Bears and get that NFC playoff picture to come through Lambeau Field. I feel like this is a team that can win any way you want. And Sunday night's game was a perfect exorcism of that final demon of 
quote unquote, can't beat tough physical team because the Tennessee Titans were supposed to be just that. And the Packers spanked them. It was never really, even at 19 to 14, it never felt like a game Green Bay wasn't fully in control of. So you, to your credit, I believe are an eternal optimist, <laughs> something I very much love about you. Talk me down. Is, is this team the favorite to win the NFC? And how do you feel about this team's chances now as we, we turn the calendar to January? Yeah, I mean, Perry and I talked about this on Happy Hour on Monday, but it, it really is it got to the point on Sunday where after the game, even on my rewatch on Monday morning, where it felt like any flaw in the game was nitpicking. And I know special teams has been kind of an issue. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers threw an interception, but when your numbers are 44 and five, you know, that fifth one doesn't really bother you like it would have. And, you know, the game was out of reach at that point. So it, it really just felt like it was a very complete win. And Aaron Rodgers had said it, a bunch of players had said that, you know, the narrative that they can't hang or can't beat tough teams was kind of washed on Sunday night. And I think they're absolutely playing their best football. And I agree with you that, you know, 2014 was probably the last time that I was genuinely optimistic about the Packers. And, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers and they're always going to have a chance. And they feel like perennial playoff team, a perennial playoff team because they are. And once they get in there, anything can happen, just like we saw in 2010. But it never really felt like it was attainable for this team. Even in 2019, it felt like everything was kind of a blessing with Matt LaFleur, first year head coach, learning a brand new offense. Like to have the season that they did going 13 and three was just special in and of itself. But then now in your second season with the offense and ascending defense, it really feels like it's the perfect storm for this Packers team. And Anybody that says, you know, what does this game look like on an even playing field? That doesn't matter, right? Like, that's why you have the playoffs come through Lambeau Field. And I think that's why this team is so especially dangerous, because what we saw on Sunday night, if the Packers win on Sunday against the Bears, we see Sunday night two more times, and then they're on that even playing field. And I think that confidence that they have taking them through Lambeau Field and sleeping in their own beds and having their own routine and not having to go more than 30 minutes on an airplane until maybe flying down to Tampa if everything goes according to plan, that'll be enough to get them over the hump and get them to where they need to go. Well, I got goosebumps. <laughs> oh, I was I was trying to be talked down there a little bit, but uh, I mean, I'm like two clicks of a button away from reserving a trip down to Tampa. Of course, I can't <laughs> do that, but I would love nothing more than to see this team play. And it feels like a team that, they're so likable. They're so much fun to watch. They're just so close and cohesive. And there are Packers teams that have been that way in the past, but I don't feel like they've been like this where, I mean, last year's team kind of was that way, but it wasn't on this level either. And it feels like they've had that chip on their shoulder all season of worst 13 and three team ever. Okay. Here's our FU moment. And that showed up on Sunday night. We're soft. We can't beat good teams. And Aaron Rodgers said as much in his press conference. He basically said, we were tired of hearing we couldn't beat good teams. So they took the best team they've played probably to date other than the New Orleans. The two best teams they played to date, they've beaten both of them. One at home, the Titans. One on the road, New Orleans. Anything that you could say, I think at this point is nitpicking or fatalist. And I understand that those Packers fans are going to exist and that's fine. I think that's guarding against heartbreak, and I understand that. Um, 
I will not do that because I think waiting for heartbreak makes me enjoy because I used to do stuff like that. And I think that makes me enjoy victories less. And I refuse to do that. This team is special. And maybe that doesn't mean they get a Lombardi trophy, but it certainly feels like a team that, like you said, Maggie, for the first time in six years, you can feel genuinely optimistic about holding that trophy at the end of the season. And Sunday night was a perfect culminate. They took the bully and bullied them with AJ Dillon. And I know we're supposed to talk about defense against the offense, against the bears. And I do want to do that, but I do want to talk about this a little bit just because it was such a big storyline on Sunday night. And as you are the president of the AJ Dillon fan club, I do want to ask, you know, going forward now, I had said after the game that I, I don't know how much those roles change between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon when they're all healthy. But I do wonder now when in the guy's first extended action, he runs for 125 yards. And I'm telling you, I had a great view of his first touchdown run and watching two defensive backs basically throw their hands at his ankles and hope that they knocked him over was prime Eddie Lacey-esque. Like, it was just beautiful. And with all due respect to guys like Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who are really good players in their own right, I loved Eddie Lacey. And he was far more fun. And again, I don't mean this to be disrespectful to those two guys, but he was far more fun to watch running the football than those two guys. And that's how I felt about A.J. Dillon. Then there was another run in the fourth quarter, not the touchdown run, but where the pads just popped. He's a powerful young man and somebody that gives this team another different dimension to just run downhill at you and knock you in the mouth a way this Packers team hasn't been able to. The soft label's dead. It's gone. And I, I'm sorry, but if you're saying that at this point, it's just lazy and you're reaching for something to analyze. Maybe the Packers will lose a playoff game the way that we've seen them in the past, but I don't picture it that way. I think if they lose, it'll just be, they happen to be beaten on that given day, but I don't think it'll be because of some overarching theme. But what I wanted to ask was moving forward, I'm putting you in Matt LaFleur's chair. How are you splitting? I know that's kind of scary for everybody, I guess, but how are you splitting the carries between those three backs going into the postseason? I mean, it's hard. I don't know the status of Jamal Williams heading into Sunday. It seemed like he, I think he was limited in practice, so he likely will be available, but I think you want to keep everybody's legs fresh. So I guess like the immediate thought that I would have is like 60, 20, 20, 50, 25, 25, giving Aaron Jones the bulk of it. And then giving, you know, AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams looks, but I think you just use the backfield differently. There's probably going to be more 21, maybe some 22, you know, you have the opportunities now to have Aaron Jones who Perry calls AJ, which makes me really confused. You can have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams out wide and, AJ in the backfield or you know you can mix things up and I think that that's just what we saw is you know Matt LaFleur had said I'm gonna come to you I'm gonna need you to make the most of your opportunities and AJ Dillon did that and I think now what we saw is just he has more weapons in his arsenal and he had kind of said that in his presser on Monday where he was like look now I have to guard against trying to do too much with the guys I have like I have to I have to stick to the plan and utilize the guys that I have, but not try and kind of overstretch. We're not, I don't think we're going to see any 31 or anything like that with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how, how you could do that feasibly while still putting all of your best players on the field at the same time in a position 
for all of them to succeed. But it's it's interesting. It's fun, and I'm thankful they have a a smart, creative coach of the year candidate. Quite frankly, uh, in my opinion, going into this weekend, Matt Lafleur is a top two candidate for coach of the year. I probably give the nod to Brian Flores of Miami, uh, but you know the I think it was Peter Bukowski pointed out that like Kevin Stefanski has a disqualifying loss to the New York Jets and some of the other candidates, you know, Ron Rivera is on a losing team. Teams with a losing record probably don't deserve that. It's Matt LaFleur and it's Brian Flores. And right now, like I said, the nod probably goes to Flores, but the Packers are in very good hands with Matt LaFleur at the helm and with being able to split those three running backs and really all of his offensive personnel, which I think he has done a brilliant job of all season, especially considering the criticism of having no weapons outside of Devonte Adams. He's had to find ways to get some of these guys because realistically the criticism of not having like dynamic playmakers do Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon and guys like that start on the 2011 Packers. No, does Devonte Adams? Yes. Like, I understand that, but his ability to put those guys in positions to succeed is exactly what you want in a head coach like that. Maggie mentioned Perry Goldstein. Be sure to check out their stuff. Monday night's happy hour later in the week, Friday, Saturday, it kind of varies, but uh, packs what she said, but she'll catch uh, at the very, very end for that. Let's talk defense Packers defense versus bears offense. What I want to get to first is the Packers defense, 16 points per game given up in December. If you remove that stupid punt return by Jalen Rager for a touchdown, which I say is pretty fair because that's not the defense giving that up. I'm asking you, maybe in a general sense, because you probably can't pinpoint just one player, but what do you give the most credit to for this Packers defensive resurgence? Because really for the first three months of the season, there were legitimate questions as to whether or not this team could be a unit. And the questions about whether or not they could slow down, hell, last week when we picked this game, we all had the game in the 30s because we didn't think they could slow down the Titans' offense. Not only did they slow them down, they shut them down. So what do you give credit to for this defense playing as well as it has for the last month? You know, I talked about this a little bit on Happy Hour, but I I think it's the idea of the defense being complementary. So we always talk about being complete in all three phases, your offense complementing your defense, but I think what we're seeing is the defense complementing itself. So I can't remember who had the stat if you do correct me, but Deshaun Watson is the only passer that the Packers had given up 300 yards to through the air all season. Correct. So we're seeing that from the secondary, which the arrow is pointing up. Jair owns his own island. Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos are one of the best safety tandems in all of football right now. Uh, So the secondary is still ascending with really talented players. The edge rush is playing more freely. You know, after that talk that Z and Preston and Kenny had with Mike Patton, they've had more opportunities, it feels like. We've kind of eliminated the three-man rush, which is surprising. We've seen a lot more four-man rushes and some interesting uh, blitz packages. Darnell Savage almost got home on Sunday night. But I think it's just complementary defense. If you have really locked down coverage, you're getting coverage sacks. And if you're generating pressure, you are forcing some errant throws that turn into interceptions. So I think that we're just seeing kind of a really holistic defense for the first time this season. And that all kind of started in the beginning of December. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. Obviously, Rashawn Gary was a one-man terror on Sunday night. And obviously, you have an all-pro player like Zadarius Smith on your side. That never hurts when you have that up front. Preston Smith has risen from the dead. 
Uh, <laughs> for the most part, in the month of December, he has played very well. And this is exactly what Brian Gutekunst envisioned when he paid those two guys and then drafted Rashawn Gary, 12th overall, is building that buzzsaw of a pass rush. And the crazy part is that group can still be better, in my opinion. Like Rashawn Gary has not reached the ceiling. Preston Smith still not playing at the level he was a season ago. And Zadarius Smith, he's a monster. Like, I mean, there's – I we could do an entire show on that. You guys that have listened to us for the last year know <laughs> how both of us feel about Zadarius Smith at this point. But then you get into the secondary – and you mentioned it very well. Jair Alexander might be the best cornerback in all of football. Darnell Savage has been a legitimate star since November the 4th, that first game against the San Francisco 49ers. Basically, since that Vikings game, he's been incredible. Adrian Amos has been rock solid. And when you get, even if you get average to below average Kevin King, that's really good. If you get good Kevin King, this secondary is elite. And Shannon Sullivan has been a little up and down, but he's been relatively solid as well it's crazy to think that this unit could be a championship level defense. But like you said, I think they're complementing each other very well. My good friend and colleague of this podcast, Jake Morley, I think said this to me really well. I would love to have been a fly on the wall for the conversation between Mike Patton and the Smith brothers that they had before the bears game to where they basically said, just simplify stuff and let us get after people. And since they have, it's been, I mean, even that Bears game, I know they gave up 25 points, but it was 41 to 10 before they gave up those last two touchdowns. So really, you're looking at a couple garbage time touchdowns that make that game look worse than it really was. And yeah, you can make the argument that some of the offenses that they've played haven't been very good, but this Titans offense that they just played was very good. And those are the kinds of offenses they're going to face in the playoffs. We've talked about that on this show. If the Packers are going to get to the Super Bowl, You're looking at Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, that kind of caliber player on the other side of the ball. And all of those guys have weapons around them that Green Bay is going to have to control the game a little bit on the defensive side of the ball while their offense, if it struggles, is able to find its footing. And I don't think that really is going to be a problem either because their offense has been as good as it is. So I'm buying the defense and I want to give some credit to Mike Patton because I mean, people, the Packers Twitter, that is public enemy number one. Maybe maybe he's gone to public enemy number two since Sean Menenga now exists and the Packers special teams yeah. has been the way that it is. But Mike Patton deserves some credit for the way this has gone over the last month and a half or so. They've been very good. And I think that if we're going to criticize him when things don't go well, then he deserves some credit when things do go well. But overall, yes, the players have played much better, especially over the last month. And they have one more game to take care of business of against a Bears offense that has put up 30-plus points in each of their last four games. Mitchell Trubisky back at quarterback now. He was there after Nick Foles got injured in a Monday Night Football game. His first start back was against these very same Packers where they were up 41-10 to at one point, put up some garbage time after that. And then since then, the Bears offense has actually been pretty good. Like I mentioned, four straight games, 30-plus points. My first question is very simple. Are you buying it, or do you think this is a byproduct of the fact that they've played some subpar defenses? I mean, I think there's something to be said about the offense kind of finding its footing, and I think that a confident Mitch Trubisky is better for this Bears team than a lacking confident Mitch Trubisky, which we saw for most of the season before he was, you know, you brought in an extra quarterback to compete with him, so 
we, we saw what that did to Carson Wentz and what kind of is happening with Philly. So I think that, you know, now that Mitch is getting these opportunities and he's kind of building some momentum, I think he's more dangerous than he was kind of being thrust into Sunday night football against the Packers, which kind of felt like an uphill battle for him. But, and I mean, you know, the lions, even though they lost the Texans, the Jaguars, those are some teams that are teams that you should win against with the, the weapons they have on offense and the defense they have. And that allows him to build some confidence in the offense and kind of get a game plan together. I mean, David Montgomery has been a lot better these last couple of weeks. He still has Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller. So, I mean, I don't know if it's as much buying it. I think that they'll have the opportunity to score some points on Sunday, but I don't know if I'm any more concerned about them than I would have been. Um, the first time around outside of the fact that they do have an outside shot at making the playoffs. And you know that if there's one team that would want to spoil the Packers chances at a number one seed, the bears are going to have everything in front of them on Sunday. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, that's kind of what makes this game a little bit more fun. I know when we talked about this after they had beaten Chicago the first time, that this game had a very good chance of being of the cakewalk variety. This could be a Bears team that had given up on everything and had no chance of everything. But now the Bears scenario is very simple. They win and they are in the playoffs. And not only that, if they win, there's a pretty solid chance that they'll be traveling to Lambeau Field next week to play the Packers as the sixth seed, which could make things interesting and absolutely a scenario that I think you want to avoid if you're the Packers is you don't want to play the same team two times in a row in two consecutive weeks. Now, we have seen that happen in the past, and it did work in Green Bay's favor. Uh, they played on the road in Minnesota in 2012. Adrian Peterson ran for about 800 yards. Packers played them six days later on uh a night game at Lambeau Field. Joe Webb was the starting quarterback. It did not go well for the Vikings. Packers season ended a week later in San Francisco. This time around, if you play the Bears a second time, I think what you want to have happen is Green Bay wins on Sunday, the Bears back into the playoffs, so to speak, because the Rams lose, or the Cardinals lose, I think is what they would need to have happen, actually. And then the Bears beat New Orleans, and that's how you get them again. If that were the case, then I think you take your chances on that. But what you, like I said, what you don't want is them to win, be feeling pretty good about themselves, and then have to just take that 32 minute plane ride north and play at Lambeau Field again just six or seven days later after that. And after the Packers having a chance to clinch their number one seed. Basically, what happened in, well, I guess not basically, but 2002, for those of you that are old enough to remember that, the Packers had a chance to beat the Jets in week 17, clinch the number one seed. They got blown off the field on the road. They ended up being the three seed because of that at 13 and or 12 and four, excuse me. And then they lost their first home playoff game under Brett Favre. And it was, it was an ugly end of the season. This is the opportunity to win one game on Sunday and you win two and set up a chance. Like Maggie mentioned earlier, a 32 minute plane ride, a win to never having to leave Lambeau field again. And after watching Sunday's game from the Cleveland Browns in a year like this year, 
I know it's kind of gross that we're talking about COVID potentially being a competitive advantage, but that's just the reality that we live in. The Browns had to do a walkthrough in the hotel parking garage or something like that. If something like that were to happen in Green Bay, knock on wood, obviously not wishing that upon either team, but at least they're at home if something like that were to happen. And that makes things a little bit easier to command and control. So this game, I, I can't stress the importance enough. And the Packers know that. I mean, they already stress beating the Bears. David Bakhtiari said on his radio interview today that he wanted to beat the piss out of them. I think that that's their plan. That's their goal. That's their hope is to beat Chicago, get that one seed. And they've talked about it several times. Lack of motivation, lack of energy is not going to be the problem on Sunday. If Green Bay loses, it will be because the Bears have played better and beaten them. Let's talk X factors. Let's talk big guys, big guys to take away, big things like that. Who is the guy on the Bears offense that you were looking at that maybe the last time around either didn't play so well or something like that that you're saying this time around the Packers have to keep him in check? I, To me, I mean, David Montgomery feels like an obvious answer, but I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney, and that's just because I really like his skill set. Um, he's quick, he's shifty, and, you know, Allen Robinson is the security blanket for Mitch Trubisky, but he will have reservations on Jair Island. So he feels like he's kind of taken out of the equation. Um, So to me, it'll be Mooney and kind of what happens in the middle of the defense. Um, You know, if Chandon Sullivan has a good week and I think part of that middle of the defense is the emergence of Chris Barnes as the every down linebacker and kind of the way that Mike Patton has used Christian Kirksey as more of a will Kamal Martin's been in there in some packages. And I think we've seen improvement from that entire unit by putting guys like Christian Kirksey in positions to be more successful rather than having to do everything as the every down guy. So I do like that for Mike Patton's defense too. And Christian Kirksey had said in his post-game presser on Sunday that, you know, credit goes to Mike Patton for having a really good game plan and executing that and, you know, keeping those guys in positions where they know what's in front of them. And, you know, earlier when we were talking about, does this feel attainable for the Packers to be the number one seed? I think about guys like Christian Kirksey, who in seven years, this is the first time he's even talked playoffs last year. We saw kind of what it meant to Preston Smith and Mercedes Lewis. And you, you hear guys like Jamal Williams talk about how they want to get Rogers back. And there's just this obligation or this feeling from, younger guys that they want to see the vets in those positions to to get somewhere that they maybe haven't been before. And I know that was kind of a tangent because you asked me about an X factor for the the Bears. And I'm going I'm still saying Darnell Mooney and that what he can do against the middle of the defense. But I, I do think that there's kind of like you said from David Bakhtiari, there's this added energy from guys knowing that they're really close to something that they haven't had. That they are. And it's like you mentioned, I mean there are other guys on this roster, like you mentioned, they either haven't sniffed the playoffs, haven't been able to, you know, get to it. some of these championship games that they've played. Obviously, the, a lot of the group from last year played in the championship game, but they've just really struggled with, you know, a lot of different stuff going through that. So, like you mentioned, I think they feel that that obligation and that idea that, hey, this very well could be our year to make some noise, to do some things, and to give us that opportunity to get back to the Super Bowl, a place they haven't been in 10 years. They've been close. You know, they've played in three championship games since they've gone to the Super Bowl. They just haven't been able to, to finish that for you know whatever that reason may be. 
Uh, so I, I look forward to, yeah, I think like you mentioned, Chris Barnes has been a revelation. He's played really well the last two weeks. I thought he was really good again on Sunday night after having maybe the best game of his young career. He has been, like most rookies are, very up and down through his rookie season. There are some low lows that come in with some pretty good highs. I think Christian Kirksey has played better since moving into more of that role player type of role. And kudos again to the coaching staff for having the the gumption to maybe, and kudos to Christian Kirksey, honestly, for kind of taking that in stride because he very easily could have become a malcontent with something like that. Same goes for Preston Smith when they started giving more of his snaps to Rashawn Gary and the way they've done that. The Packers kind of sent some subtle messages throughout the season basically saying, hey, listen, if you don't perform, you're not going to be on the field. And the Packers have done a good job, I think, this year with that. The last time that Shannon Sullivan played, he did have one of his better games. Uh, he had a grade of 69.9 in coverage, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, four targets, two receptions. So he, he did have a good game the last time around. He's kind of been up and down throughout the course of the season. Take those numbers for what they're worth if you don't like them. But that's the case in that way. I, I think if you're looking on the Bears offense, that – engine runs through Allen Robinson. I know things have run through David Montgomery. I just think if you're going to keep up with the Packers, you're going to have to, even as good as this Bears defense, I think they are. Jalen Johnson was a DNP today. Buster Screen is somebody. I think the Packers did a really good job of getting matched up with Devontae Adams. And if that happens, it's bombs away. He is, what's a not, he's not good. I don't have a better way of saying that. He's just not good. And if, Devonte Adams makes great corners look bad. Buster screen is not a great corner. So the degree of difficulty goes from where it goes from there. I think the Packers, you're going to have to go score for score with them. If you're going to beat them and the bears offense, if they're going to do that, they're going to have to score by throwing the football. And in order to do that, that engine runs throughout Allen Robinson. And like you mentioned, he probably has reservations on Jair Island. They are going to have to do some things to try and get him matched up with Kevin King, but Kevin King played one of his better games as a pro and especially this season against the Bears the last time around. He did have that nice pass breakup in the end zone uh, the first time that these two teams played. And really, I thought, played really well from start to finish uh, throughout the course of that game. So you go through everything with those guys. It's one of those things where the matchups really just kind of turn out to look like this is where the Packers should have an advantage across the board. And I feel like they do. You know, they're the better team. Now, the better team doesn't win every single game. The Packers are a better team than the Colts. They didn't beat the Colts. The Packers are a better team than the Vikings. They didn't beat the Vikings. Uh, the Packers, I think, are a better team than the Bucks. They didn't beat the Bucks. So that's just the nature of this game is any given Sunday. That can certainly happen. But we're running short on time, as my good friend Nick Schmitz would always like to say, as his transition to getting to the end of our show here. So it's Packers, it's Bears. It's Sunday afternoon at Soldier Field. It's at 3.30 because the NFL hates us and likes to flex everything to the late slot. But if you're a Packers fan, get used to it because that's just how it's going to be. Their divisional playoff game is going to be either a mid-afternoon or a night slot once, if and when they clinch the number one seed. And the NFC Championship game is played at 2 o'clock and the Super Bowl is played at 6 o'clock. So noon games are a thing of the past at this point. So with that in mind, Maggie, it's, it's Green Bay and Chicago. Does Green Bay get it done and clinch that number one seed? Absolutely. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So who? So Green Bay wins. Why do they win? I mean, I think you know this is. We've talked about it 
almost ad nauseum at this point, but that's okay because it's exciting. And I think the Packers are kind of buying into that excitement. Aaron Rodgers wants to play an NFC championship game at Lambeau Field. And I don't want this team to get ahead of themselves. Obviously, you have to win in the divisional round. There's a lot that goes into this. If you lose on Sunday, you have to play in the wild card round. But I think that they understand all of that. And, you know, the end of the schedule for the Packers was a really kind of nice way to end the season. They weren't traveling very far. You know, Detroit's not a very far ride for them. They've got Chicago. So they really have had an opportunity to focus in, won the division. They talk about kind of achieving each goal and winning the division was the first goal. Clinching that one seed is now the second goal. And then, of course, you talk about each week as a playoff week. And Matt LaFleur had said it. Players have said it. The playoffs started. You know, this Bears game, you said it perfectly. You win one, you get two, two weeks off basically, you know, you're, or you're winning one to win two. You're going straight to the divisional round. You're hosting that against whoever the opponent is. And I think this Packers team is, is going to come to play. They know exactly what's at stake. And, you know, I, I had talked about this with Perry on happy hour where last season we saw the Packers in an opportunity uh, to clinch the number two seed against the lions in week 17. And they almost let that slip away. But I think that this is a completely different, you know, scheme, a completely different team mentally I think that they're a better football team than they were in 2019 and there's one by, you know, and I just, I just feel like this is an opportunity for this Packers team to go down to Chicago against a division rival and just put everything on ice. So I'm thinking something like 35, 20. I like it. And I like the point that you brought up and I'll go one step further. New Orleans plays Carolina on Sunday. So if green Bay were to lose this game, it is. And Seattle plays, um, Niners, San Francisco, and San Francisco is probably not winning that game without Brandon Ayuk, without Trent Williams. If Green Bay finishes in a three-way tie with those teams, they are the three seed. So you go from having potentially two playoff games at home to potentially having to play and only having to play two games to having to play one game at home and then probably two games on the road to get to the Super Bowl. The difference is massive from winning Sunday's game to potentially dropping it. Green Bay has no choice but to win this game on Sunday. They know that it's their most storied rival. It's a team they've relished beating. Aaron Rodgers talks about that all the time. David Bakhtiari talked about it. that. I think you mentioned it. I think that experience that you mentioned from last year, I hadn't thought about that. So I love that you brought that up is something like you mentioned that game, if they play any team other than the Detroit Lions, they probably lose and let that two seed slip away the way that it would have. That would have really stung last year, too. Fortunately, they were able to get that done this year. I think they have that experience, like I mentioned, lack of energy, lack of focus. Chicago's not going to lay down. I think Chicago having something to play for is going to give them even more of an incentive to not show up lethargic and lazy. I think these guys know the deal. I think I know, you know, the lasting image in my head for this whole season has been that 2016 NFC championship game where there's the mic'd up moment where Aaron Rodgers is talking to Jordy Nelson and he basically says, we've never had one of these at home. We got to get one of these at home. Well, now you have every opportunity to do that. And they haven't had those in the past or they have had a couple in the past, one specifically in 2014 against Buffalo and they blew it. Now you have an opportunity in front of you. Get it done. I I agree with you. I think Green Bay wins. I think they put up some points. I think they limit Chicago. I will say 31-21. Green Bay gets it done. 
We take a week off, and then we get ready for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Lambeau Field two weeks later because I'm pretty confident that's going to be the case. It almost feels like that has to happen here in twenty. what will be 2021. We're out of time, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast. It's at Packaday Podcast. You can find me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf on Twitter. Uh, one article a week for Packer Report at Packer Report. I just finished one kind of detailing some of that stuff we talked about with the defense. So be sure to check that out. And then a lot of stuff over at Game on WI on the socials. Uh, find everything there. And then, of course, Maggie Loney, uh, Google the Internet, and she is listed under, like, the queen of the Internet. But uh, I'll let her kind of talk I'm about The whole doing. Internet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I do packs What She Said with Perry Goldstein. Um, should come out Friday morning this week. Uh, so start your new year the right way. Um, you can catch us on Mondays doing Game on Wisconsin Happy Hour, like Jacob said. And then I do two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. Soul Sisters, and you want to check that on Mondays because Victory Monday is not completed until you see these two. And just the the smile, it's like the finishing of Victory Monday between those two at the beginning of, of each show. And the uh, the Zadarius Smith sack counter uh, graphic that they have is fantastic. So you'll want to check that out. And then obviously an audio form later in the week. But out of time, Packers, Bears, Sunday, 3.30. We'll see you guys Sunday, uh, next week, hopefully after a number one seed is clinched. So we're not talking about a game. We're talking about who they might play. We'll see you guys next week. world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.